Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I am honored to be joined today by Becky McIntosh. Becky is a returning guest here at Live on Purpose Radio. She's also been featured at Live on Purpose TV on the YouTube channel. And not a lot of people can say that, Becky, that they've been featured on both. (laughs) And here you are, a returning guest, which to me means that you've got something important to say. As I introduce this topic, Becky, and welcome to the show. We're just Thrilled to have you you here. Yeah, thank you. As I introduce this topic, um, I want to acknowledge that what we're about to talk about today can save lives. Mm -hmm. Now, not only can it save lives, it it can save and enrich key relationships, which is also important. The the suicide rates in this country are alarming. And especially among LGBTQ youth. Mm -hmm. Now, you know this as well as anyone, Becky, and this is where we're going today because we're not here to talk about um, all of the political or, or heavy philosophical topics surrounding our LGBTQ brothers and sisters here on the planet. That's not where we're going. We're talking about our role with them. Is that fair, Becky? Absolutely. Yes. You just came out with a new book. It's called Love Boldly. Mm-hmm. Love Boldly. And there's a subtitle to that. Embracing your LGBTQ loved ones and your faith. Because yeah. some people don't know that they can do both. Right. But you've discovered that you can. Yes. <laughs> Becky, will you give us the backstory on this? so that our our listeners understand fully where you're coming from and why you are uniquely qualified to talk about this. So in 2012, late at night, my husband and I received a private Facebook message from our 24-year-old son informing us that he was gay. Mm -hmm. And this rocked our world. (laughs) We felt like this rug had been pulled out from underneath us. Um, This was not something that we expected or suspected. Um, And our son was very wise in sending us that private message so that he didn't have to hear or see our our negative responses, more so from my husband. (laughs) He kind of expected it, didn't he? Uh, He, his his response was, was not good. And my, my son, um, he anticipated that and, and, and thought it would be better not to hear things that, um, could be very hurtful. So he was wise in that. And if the message came the night before our son was heading back to Hawaii to school, he was a student at BYU Hawaii and had sent us this message the night before he was out visiting his friends saying goodbye before he caught an airplane the next morning to head back. Um, we immediately called him, come home quickly. We need to talk about this. So this started us on our journey, but that night 
as I was talking to him, I stayed up to like four in the morning talking with him. And he said, mom, you're the first person that I have talked to about this. And that, that broke my heart to think wow. that my 24 year old son had kept that to himself, something that he had struggled with and navigated and trying to figure out to himself. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't imagine how difficult that was. And as a parent, I, I thought I had created this safe space in my home where our kids felt like we were approachable or could talk about anything, but obviously we had not in regarding this. Um, and then I was also glad when he said, I was really, really sad when he said, you're the first person. But then on the other side, the flip side was, oh, good. Nobody knows. So we can figure uh -huh. this out and we don't have to tell anyone. <laughs> we can just handle this privately. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't ready to, to come out publicly. And I was happy about that. He wasn't even ready to tell his, his siblings yet. Um, mm -hmm. About four or five months later, he did tell his siblings and they responded with kindness and love. Um, and then he started, you know, telling a few of his closest friends. But it was really two years later before uh, we went public. And going public kind of came from me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kind of the backstory to that was, uh, again, Christmas time was rolling around. He was coming home for Christmas. And he said to me, Mom, I read everything that you sent to me. And I've asked you to read one thing, and you haven't read it. And he had asked me to read the book, No More Goodbyes by Carolyn, Pierce, by Carolyn Pearson. And I had initially, I had started reading it, but I would just cry. <laughs> it was a really a tough read. Oh. It's the first part of the book or story after story of, of mostly teenagers or young adults that were finally getting the courage to come out to their parents. And these were Christian, these were Latter-day Saint parents. And, and the parents showing them the door and turning the back, their back on them. And that I just, I couldn't even fathom how a parent could turn their back on a, on a child and putting them out in the streets. And so many of them turning to, um, you know, drugs or alcohol, these coping, these, what is the word I'm trying to, these coping, what is that word? Coping mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or prostitution or anything to survive. I mean, right. they were out on, on the road, uh, out, on, out living on the streets, um, homeless. And, right. and, and suicide, like you mentioned, the suicide rate was so high, so high. Yes. And then, then the other scenarios in, in the book, there was story after story of, of families and their child's coming out to them and thinking, wow. I, I need to choose between my religion and my, my child, because how does this fit in with, with God and my beliefs? And, right. and so they were embracing their child as they should. And, but, but leaving their, their religious faith. And this didn't sit well with me that I couldn't imagine how that would work in my life. I needed both. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not turning my back on my son and I'm not leaving my religious faith. I need it. And to me, everything I had been taught or learned in my religion was love. I mean, the two greatest commandments, love God and love thy neighbor. 
And so I was embracing both. And, and so it was during that time when I was reading her book before he came home that I was feeling all of this. And I felt this strong impression that I needed to come out of my own rhetorical closet as a Latter-day Saint mother with a gay son and talk about it in a positive light because I knew I wasn't alone. If, if Carolyn Pearson back 20 years earlier or however long before 15 years earlier, she'd written this book and this, all these stories, I knew I wasn't alone, but where were the people that were talking about it in a positive light, the reality of their situation. And instead of burying their head under the sand and being embarrassed about it and being shamed and, and worrying about what other people were going to think of them. Um, so I, I thought, okay, I need to talk about this. I need to own this. This is our, the reality of our situation. Yeah. And, and so I was Skyping with my son and, and said, you know, when you come home for Christmas, what do you feel about if we do, you know, how do you feel if we do uh, create a video and you share what it was like growing up with this secret alone? Mm-hmm. And the years you just wanted to end your life because you couldn't see a positive win-win in, in whichever direction you went. And, right. um, you know, let's just talk about this. And he was quiet for a minute. And he said, well, that would really be putting me out there, mom. But I can see the po- how positive this could be and how this could really help other people. <laughs> wow. And so he said, let's do it. And I said, I don't know when we'll you know, put it out there, make it public, but you're, we only see you really at Christmas times. So when you come home, let's create the video. At that time I had a, a blog, a blog that I was regularly writing. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'll write a blog post and we'll put it on my blog and, and just see where it goes. But I says, we'll hold on to it until it feels right to put it out there, but let's, you know, create the mm-hmm. video when you come home. So we did, we, we made that video. One of my daughters graduated in film and TV production. So I asked her to bring her camera and her lights and a microphone and that we would create this video. So one night at at 1030 at night, she says, mom, are we we going to do that? I I head back to where she was living the next morning. And so at 1030, we didn't talk about what we were going to say. We just, we just did it. We just rolled with it Hmm. and talked for about 45 minutes. My daughter edited it down to about five, six minutes. And it just felt like it needed to come out then. <laughs> it just it, right then. Yeah. So I, I wrote a blog post and the date, the the anniversary date of when he came out, out to us was rapidly approaching, which was January 9th, 2012 is when he came out to us. At and when we scrolled scrolled back through our text messages to see exactly what time he sent us that message, it was at eleven eleven PM. Oh, and really? so we decided that exactly two years later, January 9th, 2014, at 11, 11 p.m., we would make this public, that we would, I would push that public button on my blog post and then share it to Facebook and Twitter. So that's what we did. And it was, it was scary not knowing how people were going to react because we weren't out. So many of our extended family didn't even know. And I'm, I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, I felt that our bishop, our ecclesiastical leaders, our bishop and our stake president, 
needed to be aware that I was going public and talking about this because I, I didn't know what the response was going to be. And I didn't want them to be blindsided. You get kicked out of the church. <laughs> yeah. And so my husband and my husband, Scott and I, we made an appointment with our Bishop and we showed him the video and read the blog post. And, and he just said, wow, you're really brave. Okay. <laughs> we got this. Um, and the same thing with our state president. We yeah. showed him and they just, you know, gave us their love and support. And, and we went from there. Um, my husband was really nervous about it. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. sure he wanted to own it or be a part of it. <laughs> and, right. um, but we, we made it public. Like I said, 11, 11 PM and went to bed, woke up to, literally hundreds of shares and comments and people reaching out to us. It was, it was overwhelming. <laughs> Not exactly what you expected. No, no. And people were reaching out to us from all over, all over the world. Like, right. Um, it went just viral so quickly. It was crazy within 24 hours. Like it, it was, it was crazy and showed us really the, how needed it was for this to be talked about. So many yes. people saying, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I thought I was the only one because people weren't talking about it in, in our, our, our church so much. Um, and, and then my, go ahead. I hate to, to interrupt you, but I have to just comment about the power of your message here. There are so many people, and you're not alone. Do you remember how you kind of felt like, oh, well, this is happening to our family and this is weird and nobody would ever understand this. And oh my gosh, right? Because it was new to you, but this is not new to humankind. Right. And it becomes such a private battle with so many. And I've done a lot of work in communities where there's a very conservative religious tone and it becomes almost a taboo. You can't mention this. You can't talk about this. And, and so the more dark and underground it is, the more isolated people feel. And they're not alone, are they? No. <laughs> you also have no. a really important point. You don't have to choose between loving your child and maintaining your faith those are not mutually exclusive things right right but traditionally it's been kind of lumped into your hey mm -hmm. you know, yeah you can't have both right right i love that about your message becky i think that is so powerful oh well well thank you um and my my husband was receiving he, he was having a lot of fathers reach out to him mm -hmm. and so he quickly could see um, how needed his voice was too, and in, in just talking about this and in, in his yes his own personal experience that there were a lot of fathers um, wondering how he like fathers were reaching out and saying how did you get to where you were because I knew you were the guy who was telling all the gay jokes you were the one that was bashing and not nice and. Um, yeah, you know, my husband is not not proud of that, but is grateful for a son that helped him learn a better way and a more Christ-like way to, to treat people. And so my husband, he 
you know, started talking more and more um, about it openly. Um, we were being asked to, to speak at different conferences and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it just, that, that was in 2014. That's kind of started us on our, our journey. And I started blogging mm-hmm. about our stories and people that were reaching out to us. Um, what, a, what a powerful story. Becky, as we come back from this break, I would like to get into some of the practical things that you've learned, because I think that some of our listeners today may be in a position where they could really use some practical advice about what to do with this. Can we go there after a break? Yep. Folks, we are rolling today at Live On Purpose Radio. This is Becky McIntosh, author of Love Boldly, and we'll be right back after this break. Hey, Live On Purpose family. I know you're a fan of personal development, and that's why you're here on the podcast. Something else that I think you would really like is Live On Purpose TV. Come on over to youtube.com forward slash Live On Purpose TV, where you will find daily episodes that are all geared toward powering up your personal development program. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And we're back. Live on Purpose Radio today with Becky McIntosh. Becky, I have so much enjoyed my history and relationship with you, with your husband, with your family. And as you were talking in the first part of the program today about the story that led up to uh, writing this book, Love Boldly, um, you mentioned that your husband had a hard time with this. I've known and loved Scott for years. And I have seen this man evolve into a much more loving, caring, tender person on the planet. And maybe you can endorse that as well, but that's been my observation. Absolutely. In fact, in the book, Love Boldly, and this is what it looks like, people. <laughs> in, in the book... Uh, my husband, Scott, his, his story is the epilogue in the back of the book, and it's called Becoming the Parent My Child Needs. And he's real open and raw about his, his journey and his transformation and, and story. So it's one of my favorite, well, it is my favorite part of the book, is his story there at the end. And I know a lot of fathers really resonate and connect with him. But yeah, his, his openness and about where he was and where he is now and is yeah I'm, I'm really grateful that he's open about sharing and it's a big transformation <laughs> yes absolutely the message that you're so boldly proclaiming here Becky love boldly and and it includes how to love and embrace your LGBTQ loved ones we've labeled it LGBTQ but you know what whatever it is Whatever their is. Loving your children. Your children, your family. Your job is to love them. Yes. No matter what and even if. Yes. And and having your actions match your words. It's one thing, you you know, to say, I love you, but But. your actions. Yeah, but there, yes. And there's a lot of buts. (laughs) A lot of buts. Um, and you lay down the law or you, you know, lay out the rules or the guidelines or what have you. 
but no, you're right. loving boldly, like having your actions match your words. They need to feel that you love them. They need to know that you love them. It's so important yes. to feel that you belong and that you know that you belong and that there is a place for you in your family and in the community and in your, your religious faith, whatever that is, that, that you, you belong and that you are loved. Becky, we get distracted as parents. This is something. This is a theme. If you watch my YouTube channel, Live on Purpose TV, mm-hmm. we we have a lot of positive parenting videos, and we reiterate this all the time. Your job is to love them, no matter what, and even if. Yeah. We get distracted thinking our job is to make sure that they, whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. yeah. Make sure that they fall in love with someone of the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they keep the family standards. Make sure that they do their homework. Make sure that they have their room clean. Whatever it is, yeah. Make sure that they pulls us off of our main job as a parent, and that is to love them no matter what and even if. Yeah. You've yeah. had to face that head on. And Becky, I'm wondering what advice you would give. To us as parents, we don't get to choose what our kid's lifestyle is going to be, do we? No, we don't. <laughs> so what what would you advise us as yeah. parents to do? Well, one of the one of the, the chapters, chapter eight, is called Difficult Converse, Conversations, Navigating the Landmines of What to Say and, and What Not to Say. Mm. And so some of the things that I have listed in there that there are lessons that I learned and most of them I learned by doing it wrong and having to ask for forgiveness and re and try to repair a relationship or a hurt or a feeling. So um, hopefully that as parents read my book and in this um, chapter in particular too, that they can avoid some of the mistakes that, that I made. Mm-hmm. And just keep their strengthening their relationship with their with their child. Um, so number one, I have you will never regret listening. You will never regret trying to understand. Thank you. Can I jump in again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you get me fired up now, Becky. Listen, listen to understand. If you think your job is to make sure that they understand that this isn't right, you're going to take them off and you'll be frustrated yourself. Yeah, exactly. When in doubt, simply choose to listen. Take the listening approach because I guarantee you, you don't understand everything that's going on in your child's mind, your loved one. If, if Even if it's not your child. I mean, we can expand that, right? Yeah. Listen first. I love that. I'm just going to give you my psychologist endorsement behind yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, know. I know my my growth and my the biggest um, growth for me in understanding was listening to my my son because I initially mm-hmm. jumped into I all of a sudden was the expert of something that I had never reached ah, anything, anything about, about. You know, advice and and such. But no, when I you know remembered that God gave me two ears and one mouth. So two ears, let's do more listening than speaking and really listening to my son and, and 
letting him tell me what it was, what it's like and what he, what he experiences and what his hopes and and dreams are. Um, That's where the biggest growth. So, you know, number one was, is listening. You'll never regret listening. And then number two, thanking your child or your friend or whoever has opened up and come out to you, thanking them for trusting you to share this with you. Like they, it is so scary for a person to open up and be vulnerable. They don't know what your reaction is going to be like. And the scariest is coming out to a parent. They want their parent to love and accept them. And there's, they've run through all the scenarios in their head of how they will be rejected or thrown out because they've seen and heard stories of with that scenario. And they know so people. They know people. Yep. So thanking them for, for trusting you with, with this. And then third, you will never regret saying, I love you. Yeah. You'll never regret that. Like those words. And as I mentioned earlier, and then your actions need to match those words. But those words, you'll never regret, I love you. Or never regret throwing your arms around them and just embracing them and letting them know that they're, they're still the same son or the same daughter that they were before you even knew this information. That there's you still love them and they're still Mm. will be included in that family circle. While we're on this one, Becky, I, I, I heard this advice years ago. I think it's profound. Stay in front of your butt. (laughs) Meaning the butt that that comes up after you. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. I love you. But it's not, why do we feel compelled to say, but I don't approve of your choices. Or, but this is wrong. Or, but whatever. Stay in front of your butt. I love you. Zip it. Mm-hmm. Push the pause button. Yeah. And let that carry the day because that's your job. I, I think we get caught up sometimes in our parental mindset about, oh, well, I need to make sure that they know where I stand on this. They know. Yeah. Where know. you stand. <laughs> they know where you stand. They know your values. They know That's your drive. That's why this is such a risky conversation. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. stay in front of your butt. And I love that, Becky, that you will never regret saying, I love you. Yeah. And saying it sincerely, making sure that your actions match your words and stay in front of your butt. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just um, I've got a whole slug of them here, and we don't have enough time to read to go over all of them. Um, yeah, this you you just kind of re- mentioned just now. Resist any impulse to give counsel unless it's being requested. Right. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. will probably want some counsel. Yeah, but it's not about the things you want to counsel them about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The other thing, this is key to keep the line of lines of communication open. Oh, huge. Yes. Yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, Becky, it's about the relationship. Absolutely. That's key. In fact, I've, uh, I, I like to put things into little couplets that I can remember. And one of them is relationships before rules. Hmm. But still rules. I mean, don't abandon all of your rules. Right. It's just that it's not as important as the relationship. I also thought about family before faith, but still Mm -hmm. faith. Yeah. You don't have to toss your faith out the window to love 
your family member right who may be doing things that are forbidden or taboo or mm-hmm. not accepted in the yeah. culture of your faith um those are not mutually exclusive you can do both can't you becky Absolutely. Absolutely. And on our, on our journey, and I'm really raw and open about it in, in the book. Um, you know, it was, it was one thing for him telling us he was gay, but he, he wasn't dating. And then when he started dating and not only dating, but some met somebody that he really cared about and wanted to bring home to meet the family. Mm-hmm. And then what that was like, you know, another little bump in the road or something, a scenario that we had never, um, you know, navigated through before. Right. And every time uh, I went to God, knelt down, what do I do? How to respond to this? His answer was always the same. Mm. You love him. You love him no matter what. And even if, like you said, that's your job. He never, God never once told me to shun my child or shame my child or lecture and preach. But sadly, I did that too right. much. But God never told me to do that. He always told me to love. And it was a process of figuring out what that, what that looked like. And when I finally just laid it all on my Savior's feet, all that I didn't understand, we don't know what a future is for, for ourselves or anyone. <laughs> just lay it on my Savior's feet and just truly embraced my son and loved him and whoever he loved like that's when the peace and the joy and that mm. that's when i felt contentment i felt the peace and and our relationship grew um i success to me is that my children want to come home and to to be with one another <laughs> and that my son my son now is is married to his his partner he his his boyfriend they were married um in August. Mm -hmm. And he chose a wonderful, wonderful man to marry. They're both incredible, credible men that are doing great things with their their life. But it it was a process and a journey through all this. I'm not going to, not going to lie. It didn't come easy. And to maybe a lot of parents, it comes easy and they don't know why it was so hard for me, (laughs) (laughs) but it was difficult, but I'm, I'm Uh glad um, to where I am now, and I wouldn't trade the experiences that we had and those hard times uh, because of the growth that took place right. and where we are now and the closeness we are as a family. Oh, that is so powerful, Becky. Thank you so much for for being courageous and vulnerable and for sharing your story with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Folks, the book is called Love Boldly. Uh, subtitle, Embracing Your LGBTQ Loved Ones and Your Faith. This is decidedly a faith-focused, faith-based approach. And I know that's going to resonate with a lot of our audience. Becky, thank you so much for sharing that. Where where can people connect with you, with the book? Where would you send them? Yeah, well, I'm very open and public. So you Google my name, I'm going to pop up everywhere. You can connect with me on Facebook or any, you know, social media outlet. Um, But you can buy the book at Amazon. Uh, It's sold in Deseret Book and Siegel Book. It's also on their their website. And um, yeah, so it's very accessible. 
it's doing really well. Um, grab a copy. Let me know your 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 thoughts. I'd love to to hear from you and leave kindly reviews. <laughs> Becky, I think what you've shared with us today, I, I mentioned earlier that this is potentially life-saving. Mm -hmm. It is certainly potentially relationship-saving. And as you shared uh, here toward the end, you found your peace, you found your joy when you focused on your job, which is to love him no matter what and even if. Yeah. And abandon all of these side agendas to make sure that yep. he's anything. Um, yep. That's where the peace is found. And absolutely. I think that'll come as a surprise to some people, but uh, it's absolutely true and it's consistent with my experience as well. Thank you again, Becky, for joining us at Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you so much for, for this conversation. Thank okay, you. now it's your turn, everybody, to go live on purpose. Mm -hmm.